and I come up short when I miss the mark. You are still my savior. When all I've done is not enough, my faith begins to waver. You step into glorious lack, pouring out your mercy in my weaknesses. I know you're not holding back, you're not giving up. You cover me, you fill my cup, you fill my what a mystery, what a joy I found In everything your grace abides, your grace abides In the cold is gone When I'm feeling numb, your grace never changes. When I've sung the songs, but the grief holds on, joy feels like a stranger. You step into glorious light.
you're not giving up. You cover me, you fill my cup, you fill my cup. What a mystery, what a joy I found. In everything, your grace abounds, your grace abounds. Grace abounds. What a mystery. 
standing still In a moment of eternity Where worlds collide And I feel the breath of heaven over me My soul sings My soul sings My soul sings How I love you My soul sings My soul sings My soul sings How I love you
summer of 2018, Josiah and I bought our first home. Now, I had always pictured my first house as being small, simple, and clean. You know, very cookie cutter. I had grown up wanting beige walls and splashes of color, tiled bathrooms, and a warm, inviting kitchen. But mostly, I pictured it as fully functional. However, when we first started our house hunt, I let Josiah convince me that we needed a fixer-upper. He wanted the challenge of turning a house into a home, and boy, did we find it. <laughs> so in that fateful summer of 2018, we signed our names a thousand times and said goodbye to our apartment and hello to a real house. It had everything a house needs, four walls, a roof, two bathrooms. There were just a few problems. Our new home had no kitchen, no power, and worst of all, no AC. And this was July in Georgia. It was hot, unbearably hot. Yeah, sure, our house had all the components to do its job. And for all intents and purposes, it was fully a house, but it couldn't fulfill its purpose of being a place of comfort and respite to us. So the first thing we did, well, after <laughs> you know cleaning up the cobwebs, was contact the power company and tell them that we were ready, give us the power. Then we reached out to the guys to come and install a new air unit, except when they came, they tried, and the air ducts, as soon as they touched them, crumbled into pieces in their hands. Turned out we had to replace the entire system. <laughs> Yay for a fixer-upper. But it took us two months, and finally in September, we were able to move into our house, complete with AC and power. Unfortunately, the kitchen came a lot later, but uh, now every month I receive a notice from Wash EMC that reminds me of the promise that they gave me. I pay my bill and they supply me with power to make my house fulfill its purpose. See, that's the thing. Just like my house needs power to fulfill the purpose of being a house, we need power to fulfill our purpose as being Christians. And that's what God promised when he promised to send us his spirit power to do, and power to be. You may know it as the baptism of Holy Spirit or the second work of grace. Maybe you've heard the infilling of Holy Spirit. But whatever name you call it by, God's promise of sending a helper is still as relevant today as it was thousands of years ago. Simply put, it is for us today. I believe this because I've both experienced it and I see it so clearly in Scripture. However, not everyone agrees, and that's okay. This is not a prerequisite for salvation. 
If you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Christ is Lord, you'll be saved. End point. <laughs> but why refuse anything that God wants to do for and or with you? I do want to open a discussion today as we seek to understand the baptism of Holy Spirit. Mainly, I want us to see that it is still relevant to our lives and still a benefit for those who believe today. See, the baptism of Holy Spirit allows the power of God to fill us up so that God can empower us to fulfill our purpose for the kingdom. Remember, the promise given to us in Acts was that we would receive power. Acts 1, 6-8 says, So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, It is not for you to know times or seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witness in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. This is after Christ has been raised from the dead. So the dudes are like, hey, is this it? Are you about to restore the kingdom? And Christ just responds that it's not ours to know the time or the date. Instead, we're given the promise of the spirit who is power. It's interesting that this statement, this promise comes after the question of restoring the kingdom. Like Jesus is saying, it's not him who's going to restore the kingdom, but instead it's you through the spirit of God. That's an incredible thought. Uh, what is the power for? It's for being a witness, or in other words, extending the kingdom, restoring the kingdom. Jesus did an uno reverse on the guys. <laughs> so not only did we have this promise or have this promise, but then the book of Acts goes on and shows us uh, a record of the day the promise was actually fulfilled. So Acts 2, 1 through 4. When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. And suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And divided tongues of fire appeared over them and rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. If you were to stop there, I can see how you would think that this event has already happened and therefore it isn't something that God is still offering us today. That this promise was for those present and only present at the time. We've missed out. But Holy Spirit isn't a coupon and there's no expiration date. <laughs> Later on in Acts chapter 2, Peter gives us a clear instruction that this promise is still for those to come. I don't really know how anyone reading this can choose to believe that the promise of Holy Spirit and his power is over and gone. Because Acts 2, 38 and 39 says, And Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of Holy Spirit. For the promise is for you and for your children and for those who are far off, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. Hear it this way. Uh, this is the Passion Translation. And it says, Peter replied, repent and return to God. And each one of you must be baptized in the name of Jesus, the anointed one, to have your sins removed. Then you may take hold of the gift of the Holy Spirit. For God's promise of the Holy Spirit is for you and your families and for those yet to be born and for anyone whom the Lord calls to himself. Do you see that? 
even those yet unborn. Now I have this feeling, um, I've been feeling a little bit older lately. Uh, my knees remind me every time I stand that I'm not 16 anymore and that I should really start doing some regular stretching. Uh, also that every time I fall out of the tree, it's bad. But even the oldest among us was unborn at the time Peter said this. So we all fall into the category of all the unborn, but called by the Lord. Now, now, I've heard some say that the power of Holy Spirit and the gifts that he gives were only to establish the early church. However, I think that we can agree the church needs the power of God today as much as ever, maybe more. When I look at the Bible, I don't see that there's any substantial scriptures or proof that the gifts or the power has passed away. Plus, I've experienced it. Josiah and I were talking about our earliest memories of being filled with Holy Spirit, and I told him that I can't really separate the moment I was saved and the moment I was filled. I grew up in a home where I watched my parents and other adults like pastors that I cared about. Uh, they prayed in the Spirit and they worshiped loudly and they declared things that the Spirit had revealed to them, whether it was dreams or uh, colorful interpretations or just something that had been shown to them. And as such, it just seemed right that once I accepted Jesus, I did the same. After all, it is a trinity, God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So to me, I didn't see any separation. As I grew in the knowledge of God the Father and Christ the Son, I also grew in the knowledge of Holy Spirit, the power in my life to do and be what God had called me to do and be. It's too late to convince me otherwise. I've had too many experiences. My dad likes to share the story about my uncle who came to our house feeling um, he had received a bad doctor's report and he came to our back porch to talk with us. And this was uh, years and years ago. That may have been 11 or 12. And as he was talking with us, he asked for us to pray. And immediately dad likes to tell about how I just start praying in tongues in front of him. And it shocked him for a second that one so young was praying in tongues. But like I said, it just felt natural to me because that was what I'd experienced. The Holy Spirit was just with me. And so of course I was gonna pray in tongues. <laughs> I had to learn that it wasn't always welcome sometimes to some people, but the power of Holy Spirit is needed today in the church. And it's still relevant today in the church. My house still needs power, just like when it was first built. Christ has built his church to stand, not become dormant. And again, I want to remind you that if you disagree, it is okay. This is not something that's required for salvation. However, I know I for sure need the inward working for an outward sanctification in my life. I need Holy Spirit and the power and gifts and fruit and help that he brings to me. Self-control and patience are gifts of the Spirit. Kindness is a gift of the Spirit. Joy is a gift of the Spirit. I need to know him more and more and to know what it means to fellowship, to commune, to hang out with him, to just talk. I need his guidance and his strength and his help and his comfort and all that he brings to us. I choose to receive the fullness of the spirit in my life. There's a story of some followers of Christ that Paul encounters in Acts 19. It's a pretty interesting account. They had already been baptized into John's baptism, AKA John the Baptist and baptism, baptism of repentance, but not into Christ's baptism. So Paul preaches Christ to them, sharing the gospel. And then this happens. On hearing this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid his hands on them and the Holy Spirit came on them, they began speaking in tongues and prophesying. They were about 12 men in all. 
Acts 19, 5 through 7. This account contradicts any belief that there is some level of spiritual maturity that you're required to reach before you receive Holy Spirit. These believers he encountered were saved and baptized and filled with Holy Spirit all at once. This also showcases that it's moved beyond those original few on the day of Pentecost. This promise is open to all who choose to receive. Now, I want to take a moment to mention that the gift of tongues and praying in tongues that somebody uses in personal prayer life are, are two different things. If someone gets up in the middle of a service speaking loudly uh, with the gift of tongues, an interpretation should and must follow. Uh, then Romans 8, 26 and 27 tells us, Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. For we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. If someone is praying or worshiping or doing that all to themselves, this is a different matter than a gift of tongues. This is the Holy Spirit in utterings and groanings interceding on our behalf. I want to share quickly a few scriptures that may help us understand this. Ephesians 5.18 says, be filled with the Spirit. Mark 16.18 says, they will speak with new tongues. Jude 1.20 says, building yourselves up in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. Ephesians 6.18 says, pray at all times in the Spirit. 1 Corinthians 14.2, for one who speaks in tongues, not to men, but to God. For no one understands him, but he utters mysteries in the Spirit. Oh, I love that one. 1 Corinthians 14.39 says, and do not forbid speaking in tongues. 1 Corinthians 14.4, the one who speaks in tongues builds up himself. So with this, we should now have an understanding that not only is Holy Spirit and all his gifts for today, but we can receive him at any point in our walk with Christ. I can't separate a single moment in my life where I was clearly ready to say, this is the moment I accepted him. But I know that he's promised to all who call by the Lord. Have you received Holy Spirit? You don't need an in-between. No power company to call. Instead, you have a direct link. You can call on him and ask, then receive. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, we invite you in. We know you are part of the Trinity as Father, Son, and Spirit. You were present in the beginning in creation, and you are present even now. We thank you that you were promised and sent and that you uh, come to all who cry out. Lord, that you are not a, a picker and a chooser of who gets to receive, but instead you freely pour yourself out to those who are ready with hands wide open. And so we say, uh, we <laughs> reveal yourself. Reveal yourself and your relevancy today. Come as the healer and the comforter. Come as the wisdom and counsel and guide. And we just thank you for your fullness that you hold nothing back. Lord, we just lift up the body of Christ to you right now, and we thank you uh, that we are those who are unafraid of one part of, of who you are, but that, God, you reveal yourself in your completeness, in your fullness, and in your truth. And right now, I just pray for everyone who is uncertain yet about Holy Spirit and about taking this step or about reaching out. Lord, I ask that you would just come in peace and in kindness and gentleness, and that they would fill you, wrap around them, and maybe, Lord, that they would be ready to receive the fullness of power. And in your name we pray. 
Amen.